Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the breakfast show. It's Ryan and Iman on today's morning shot as we deep dive into the latest economy Southeast Asia report by Google, Tomasi, and Bain Company. Iman, what's your guess as to which country in Southeast Asia achieved the highest digital penetration over the last year? Oh boy, this is a head scratcher. Does it begin with an S and end with an E? <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> so with 90% of consumer payments happening via digital channel, Singapore saw the swiftest travel recovery out of all Southeast Asian economies. Glad I got that one right. Taking a broader look, Southeast Asia's revenue from the digital economy is poised to hit more than 100. 37 billion Singapore dollars this year. And that's driven by growth in a number of areas, namely e-commerce, food and transport, online travel and media, as well as financial services. For more insights, we're joined by Florian Hopp. He's a partner at Bain & Company in Singapore. Florian, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Imat and Ryan. Thanks for having me. Florian, good to have you on. Let's kick things off. COVID-19 seems to be retreating somewhat into the shadows. Against that backdrop, some of the leading sectors I mentioned in the digital economy, why were they the biggest drivers of digital growth in the past year? Yeah, good question. I think it's uh, really less COVID-related nowadays. There's some sectors which are still recovering to pre-pandemic levels. So in particular, transport and, and actually travel is still at the level that uh, we would have hoped to pass from 2019. But it turns out that getting the supply back has been tougher than we expected in those sectors. And then travel, the air travel capacity and the hotel capacities, the transport, the taxi fleets that uh, we've all come to rely on. So demand is, is back at higher levels, but supply hasn't really caught up yet. And we expect that to continue to be a strong growth driver in the future as well. And then e-commerce actually and online media continue to be very dynamic spaces. There's lots of new models, lots of experimentation, uh, things like discovery-based shopping, uh, short-form video advertising, which has really kept up demand there. And then the digital financial services space, which just keeps going from strength to strength. Uh, people investing their money online. So wealth management is a big theme in Singapore. Uh, digital lending, which has surprisingly held up very well. Uh, both in the SME and the consumer space. Uh, and as you mentioned earlier, the payment space, which uh, Singapore is really leading the charge on for the region. Yeah, lots of promising signs. So I guess the question is, you know, what's going to happen next? Will these industries be able to sustain the strong growth in the coming months, given what we're seeing in the backdrop where the economic outlook is quite uncertain? We've got a couple of headwinds as well. Um, so what do you make of what's going to happen in the next few quarters? Yeah, good question. I mean, as a region, we obviously are somewhat beholden to global macroeconomic dynamics and in particular, the kind of future trends in China, if China is recovering and also in the US and other markets. That said, I think Southeast Asia has held up as a region surprisingly well during the recent turmoil. So growth rates and GDP across the region are actually still very steady. Um, inflation hasn't risen as much as it has in the US and, and other markets. So we actually see this against the backdrop where Southeast Asia is going to be a net kind of growth exceed on a global level, we think. And in that context, I think the digital economy also we expect to perform very well. So all the players in the market have actually shifted to more sustainable revenue monetization models, mm. which should enable them to reinvest into future growth. So helping grow in the markets they're already in, but also extending their reach with new digital consumers. And on the back of this, we expect actually kind of very healthy growth trends to 25, which gets us to about the 300 billion GMB in 2025 mm. and also continued high growth in the revenue front. Yeah, GMV, gross merchandise value. Now, foreign, uh, talking about investing and growing, we've been seeing the pace of private funding. It's been quite extraordinary in recent years, but it has slowed to a six-year low due to higher costs 
of capital. So how do you see investors diversifying and what's going to be the impact on the digital space? It's probably less diversifying and more really sitting on the sidelines. So there is, as you mentioned earlier, the higher cost of capital driven by the higher interest rate environment and the more uncertain outlook over the next five years has led investors to kind of hold their breath a little bit. Now, the good news is a lot of startups and growth companies also raised capital in the last kind of 18 to 24 months. So there's no shortage right now of cash runway for some of the bigger companies that uh, we've all come to rely on. Uh, But at some point, obviously, in particular, higher growth companies will have to go back to investors. And the good news is investors are still there. Uh, We continue to see very high levels of fundraise for Southeast Asia dedicated funds and also sustained interest from global investors in the region. Uh, There's now $16 billion of capital, U.S. on the sidelines. Uh, waiting to invest in this region in growth and, and startups. So we absolutely expect this to recover. But for now, there's a bit of a disconnect of variations. And I think the other critical ingredient here is also seeing more exit pathways unlocked. So companies actually launching IPOs, being bought in secondary sales or going to strategic trade buyers, which will help further propel the investment cycle forward and make sure that the investors also kind of keep coming for Southeast Asian businesses. All right, Florian. Now, as they say, old habits die hard. It's sometimes difficult to get key stakeholder buy-in when it comes to adopting digital financial services. How would you assess the pace of adoption across uh, different sectors? Are there any surprises? Yeah, I would say the standout sector is digital financial services. And we were really quite surprised just how fast it continues to uptake. We were, given the global macro context and the higher interest rate environments, if you follow the global news spectrum, then financial services obviously is a sector that's kind of just dealing with a high interest environment right now. And against this backdrop, actually, Southeast Asia has done continue, continue to do really well. So just take the sector of payments, for example. Um, in Singapore, we've been north of 50% uh, payments in digital means, so account-to-account, debit credit cards, and uh, kind of e-wallets for a while. But we've now crossed the threshold of 50% payments uh, in digital channels uh, for Southeast Asia-wide. So places like Indonesia and uh, Thailand and other markets are really shifting out of cash, which which is really kind of a great foundation for financial services. And then importantly, on the back of this, we actually saw digital lending do extremely well. So the whole sector continues to grow very fast in the back of pure place in the buy now, pay later space. Uh, extending the offering and also traditional financial services players actually really catching up and doing relatively well online. Yeah, Florian, and it looks like digital businesses like many startups are now under more pressure to show their profitability and this is where digital businesses are shifting their focus to monetization a bit to achieve those profitability targets and they've started to see some visible success. Walk us through what you're seeing across various sectors. Yeah, I would say that some of the sectors obviously are a bit more mature. So you take sectors like online media with digital advertising, video, uh, music and others, or travel, like online travel agencies have been around for 25 plus years. Those actually have historically been profitable. They're really more around innovative new models and uh, continued growth in user adoption and their businesses. I think the most notable breakthroughs this year came in e-commerce, food and transport, where key players actually managed to get to internationally comparable commission rate levels. So taking money that helps them sustain and grow their businesses at a level that is comparable to other markets globally, but also starting to extend their services into into related services, things like logistics and e-commerce or dine-in or subscription offers in, in food delivery have really helped us turn the market and help them build them revenue models that I think will kind of lead to further reinvestment in the future and help us further grow the digital economy out here for those companies. All right, let's do a deep dive into Singapore's position specifically. As the nation in Southeast Asia with the highest digital penetration, where do the other developing Southeast Asian countries stand in this digital race? And are there opportunities perhaps that Singapore can further tap into here? 
Yeah, we probably wouldn't necessarily call it a race. It's uh, it's really absolutely the region, I think, advancing together, which is great to see. And Singapore is a bit of a standout um, and really has a regional hub status, which is quite exciting to see. But at the same time, I think there's other cities in the region. So if you take the capital cities of uh, each of the major economies in the region, Jakarta, Manila, KL, Bangkok, uh, Ho Chi Minh in, in Southeast Asia, you're getting kind of very similar dynamics in terms of consumer adoption, consumer patterns. And so Singapore often leads a bit as an experimentation ground for new business models, um, a regional hub for startups, and really kind of somewhat paves the way for others to, to go in the right direction. But at the end of the day, it's kind of only going to be successful if these businesses grow in the regional market. And it's also a big theme of our report, how does ASEAN advances as a region? Um, how does this become of a homogeneous market to also really get it standing on a global level? So we think around Southeast Asia as a region is actually hugely attractive, we believe. And with the possible exception of India, I think one of the highest growth regions in the world right now. And on that backdrop, I think there's actually a lot of interest I think, to invest in this space, but we do need to do more to pull the region together and make sure that it's also seen like that from international investors and business community. All right, we've been sharing with Florin Hopp. He is the partner at Bain & Company for Singapore, breaking down the latest report for the economy for Southeast Asia, what's happening on that front across the sector and what trends we should be keeping an eye out for. Florin, it's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.